It's awesome. And uh, so it's great to be here. And of course, Ward Nicole, I used to lecture Ward when he was in college many years ago. Do you want a Ward story? Or should I give you a Ward story? Okay, so this is, now this is not a sermon illustration. This is a true story, okay? But I remember Ward and Nikki were dating, okay? But, oh, mate. Yeah, Ward, I think, in his dating prowess is probably about as good as his cycling. He's in the middle of the pack. He's a, he's a little bit on the slow side. He's a little bit on the slow side. And, and uh, we, were, we were sitting there, and, you know, and they were great together, and they're, they're, they look fabulous. And I'm thinking, why, why hasn't he got the ring on the finger? What's, what's wrong with this picture? I remember when I was dating Kerry, I was 22. She was only 17. But I thought, I've got I've to get her before she knows any better. So... And we're, we're engaged after a month, and we're married after, you know, after a year, but Ward and Nikki, it was like, you know, ours was like a, a, a short little short story. Theirs was like war and peace. It just kept on going and going and going. I thought, oh, mate, at this rate, they're never going to get married. They're going to die. They'll be cremated. Then we can maybe pour both urns together and shake the ashes together, and, and that's about it. But, but no, finally, you know, they, they got married. And can I just say this? Ward and Nicole Lucas are two of the great heroes of C3 movement. And, I, and I'm not just saying that. Come on, give your pastors a hand. They are great people. And, and Ward and Nikki, they're just the greatest people. I love them very, very much. And it's just such a pleasure for me to be able to come and, and, and be in the pulpit. And with you today at C3 Roselle. So God bless you all. Looking forward to preach the Word of God. Now, look, we've got a theme this week. Well, this month, next month, it's going to be called Unstuck. Unstuck. And the graphics aren't up, but anyway, but it's going to be on, uh, that's the whole theme of it is, is, is getting unstuck. And that's the whole thing with next step. It's like we need to keep moving forward. Okay, we need to keep growing and, and incrementally growing in our, our Christian life. And so often we get stuck. And, and the theme of today, t- today's message was need direction. Do you need direction? And it's getting the direction we need to continue to grow and, and to be that person that God wants us to be. So, so I'm going to just share a scripture that's in Psalm 40 and verse 8. And I'm sure this is the heart of, of, of all of us today. And it says this, I desire to do your will, O God, your law is within my heart. I desire to do your will. How many people here want to do the will of God for their lives? Anybody? On, look, I, look, I'm sure we all do. Even people who, who, who don't know God, they're, they're, they're trying to find their way in life and, and trying, to, trying to be the person that deep inside they, they know they, they ought to be. And so we, we all have this desire to do God's will for our lives. But um, what does God want us to do? How does he want me to live my life? And so that's just, that's just one, of the, one of the big, big, big questions of life. But here's the thing. The great thing is it's easy. Everybody say, it's easy. And, and, and here's the thing. This is one of my, my philosophies in life that, that resonates from Scripture, is that the will of God, serving God, being the person God wants us to be is easy. Everybody say it's easy. Because Jesus said this. He said, come to me all you who labor and are heavy laden. I will give you rest. Take my, my yoke upon you. My yoke is easy. Everybody say easy. My yoke is easy. Say easy. My burden is light. It's easy. Turn to your neighbor and say it's easy. Come on, guys, it's easy, it's light, it's not hard. If, if I can make it in Christianity, and if Ward can make it in Christianity, then anybody can make it. It's not rocket science. If it was, only rocket scientists could be saved. And only rocket scientists could serve God. But I love, I love in Scripture, in the book of Acts, Peter and John are, are, are standing there amongst all the religious leaders of the day in Acts chapter 4. And, and they're saying there's only one name given under heaven by which we must be saved. And it said this, when they, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, 
they realised they were ordinary, unschooled men. They were ordinary men. They were unschooled. They were uneducated men. But they realised something. They recognised that they'd been with Jesus. And my friends, if only you and I will just encounter Christ. And as we encounter Christ, we'll find the direction that we need in life. We'll get unstuck. And we will be the people God's called us to be. Then we can do what God's called us to do. Because we're not human doings, are we? We're human beings, but out of the being comes the doing. Isn't that good? So can I just say this, guys? It's a real pleasure to come. I'm going to keep it simple. I've never been to Bible college in my life, but I lecture on it every year for the last 30 years. I don't, know. don't tell anybody that's our secret, okay? But, so it's all very easy. Now, and can I just say this? The children of Israel had been walking around in, in, in the wilderness for 40 years. Okay, and, and finally they got to the border of the promised land. And, and, and God spoke to Joshua, the new leader. Moses had died, this huge leader, this guy who brought down the Ten Commandments and, and built the tabernacle and, and parted the Red Sea and took the children of Israel through. And he's dead. And, and, and Joshua's standing on the banks of the Jordan River and he's looking across at the land of promise, the land of Canaan, a land that represents a life of abundance and a life of victory. And he's going, God, you know, God, I need something. Throw me a bone here, will you? Because he realizes that in just Joshua chapter 1, verse 80, he, don't put it up yet, guys, but in Joshua 1, chapter 80, he, he just turned there and, and he, he's there, he says, God, there's seven nations across the Jordan River stronger and mightier than us. How, how am I going to take possession of what you've promised for me. And how many people want to take possession of all that God's promised them? And, and it's abundance, it's victory, it's exciting. And God says, well, Joshua, have I got a plan for you? Let me do it right for you. And you go, oh, oh, he sounds like a you know, car salesman on Parramatta Road. It's exciting. And he's like, well, well, God, what are you going to give me? You're going to give me a tank, so you're going to give me amphibious vehicles to go across the Jordan River, you're going to attack helicopters and thermonuclear warheads. God, what are you giving me? And he says, listen. He says, listen, I've got something, Joshua, that guarantees you success and prosperity. Now, how many people here? How many people here want to be successful? Put one hand up if you want to be. How many people want to be prosperous? Put your other hand. Okay, everybody, everybody. Give, okay, good, good, good. Now, here, I'm going to give you one verse of the Bible, one key that guarantees success and prosperity, and it's easy. Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. God says to him this. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you'll be prosperous. Then you'll be successful. It's easy. It's easy. How many people want to be successful? We all do, don't we? Because what's the alternative? Not good, is it? It's failure. How many people want to be prosperous? Well, we all do. And I'm not just talking about financial prosperity. I'm talking about relational prosperity, emotional prosperity. Prosperity just in being people and living a life. It's exciting. So listen, you're going to be prosperous. You're going to be successful. But it's easy. And what's the first thing? Well, Joshua 1.8, this book. This book. What do you do with a book? Read it. You read it. It's like someone said, that you? Obviously, you've been to Bible college. You know? <laughs> no, no, no. This book, what do you do with the book? You read the book. It's, it's easy. Hey, Joshua, I've given you a book. So guys, if we want to become unstuck, if we want direction, if we need direction in our lives, it's easy. We've got the manual. We've got the treasure map. X, map, X marks the spot. This book, everybody say book. This book of the law. If, if we just begin to read the Word of God, study to show yourself approved, a workman who needs not be ashamed, rightly dividing the Word of If only we'd just read the Bible, it's awesome. And so, so Joshua goes, oh, this book, he says, God, come on, give me something. Give me something deep. 
give me something complex. Give me something hard. No, no, God says, no, no, no. I'm going to give you something simple. I'm going to give you something easy that anyone can do. Read the Bible. Read the Bible. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. You've got to read the Bible. What else do you need to do? You need to speak it. You need to speak. If you want to get unstuck in your world, you're feeling down about yourself. Maybe emotionally you're struggling or whatever. Just begin to confess what the Bible says about you. Don't confess what your school teacher said about you or your Bible college lecturer says about you. That's not important. What's important is what God says about you. And how do we know what God says about you? Oh, hey, look, it's in the Bible. This is what the Bible says. I have loved you with an everlasting love. Isn't that awesome? You're accepted in the beloved. You're accepted. We're not rejected. We're accepted. We're not hated. We're loved. I've redeemed you. You're born again. You're being, don't be conformed, but be transformed by the renewing of your, oh man, you're, that's the person that you are. Start, stop confessing what people say about you. Start confessing what God says about you. This book won't depart from your mouth. But you'll be careful to meditate. 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 Think about it. Read a verse, read a passage, and in the middle of your busy day, just begin to pause and just begin to think about how it works. Begin to unpackage the scripture. Think about it. Chew it over. Regurgitate it. Chew it over. Swallow it down. And just start thinking, brooding on that scripture. There's great verses. Like I was this morning, Mark, Mark 2.35 came to mind. Very early in the morning. How early was it? Very early. While it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house where he was staying, went to a solitary place. There he prayed. Simple, one verse. We get a hold of that. We meditate upon that. We put it into action. It changes our lives. This book of the law shall not depart from your... Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to what? What does it say? Bring it up. Unstuck, need direction. This book of the law, not the book you be careful, meditate on it so that you might do. Everybody say do. See, the other stuff's quite easy now, you actually got to do. And not do some of it, do everything that it says. And as we're not forgetful hearers, and we're just hearing what God says, but actually we're doing what God says. We just, hey, but the Bible says, you should live this way, but oh, I don't want to live this way. You know, I'm, I'm going to reject what God says. Well, that's actually you're saying, hey, I'm smarter than God. But Christianity goes, you know what? God knows better than me what I need for my life. It's revealed in Scripture. I'm just going to do what God tells me to do. You might say it's a bit dumb. Actually, that's the smartest thing you can do because I'm relying on the smartest person in the universe. That's God. I'm working hard. You're a tough crowd. Let's give Jesus a hand this morning. Oh, I'm working hard. But this is so basic. And so Joshua, he gets the Bible. It's awesome. And he reads it. He meditates. He speaks it. He does everything that it says. And then he enters into the promised land, conquers the land. And here we are, three or 4,000 years later, his descendants are still there to this day. And here's the deal. Here's the deal. He used the book, the principles in the word of God, and God ushered them into a land, a land of victory, a land of prosperity, a land of abundance. He moved forward on that, and it was awesome. But guess, but what did he have? What did Joshua have? You know what he had? We've got, in this Bible, I'm a Kiwi. There's 66 books. Have you got a pink slip for your car? But anyway, no, there's 66 books in the Bible. Do you know what Joshua had? Joshua had six books and a psalm. We've got 66 books, including 150 psalms. And God sent the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. And you've got Pastor Phil's, you know, podcast of the month. So come on, you've got it all. And they're looking forward to the Messiah dying on the cross. We're looking back on the, on the fact that it's happened. If Joshua, with 66, sorry, with six books and one psalm, Psalm 90, if he can conquer a land and live in abundance and victory, how more can you and I? 
Come on, let's give Jesus a hand. Oh, it's awesome, and it's easy, it's great. So here's the deal. But look, here's the thing. Then, then we go, okay, here's, this is the general will of God for your life, okay? It's the general will of God. Your word is a, a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And we walk along there, and it's good. And this is the general will of God. But, you know, here's the problem. People go, okay, I understand that the general will of God for my life is abundance and salvation and peace of mind, the peace of God that passes all understanding and, and great relationships and, and the blessing of God that makes rich and adds no sorrow with it. And, and you know, I've come that you might have life. And that's the, okay, abundant life. And, that's the general will of God, but then everyone, everyone gets upset me. I'm a pastor, right? And they always come in my office. They say, well, what does God want me to do? I say, well, look, just read the Bible. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I've got the general will of God for my life nailed. But what's the specific God, will of God? What does God want me to do as an individual? What is the specific? So there's this general will of God. But can I say this? The general will of God. What God wants you to do with your life, 95% of what God wants you to do is right here in black and white. And that's awesome. Okay. 5% is, I think, about that. It's specific. What job should I have? What city should I live in? What should I do here or there in my life? What's the specific will of God now? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just share with you just for a short time today on how to get the specific will of God for your life. Anybody want to anybody know what that is or should we knock off and... Get some of that brioche or whatever, I don't know what it was, but what was it? Babka. Babka. Give me some of that action. I'll have some of that action afterwards. But okay, so let's just talk about the specific will of God. Here's the thing. I think this. If you and I do the general will of God, we'll find ourselves naturally flowing into the specific will of God. That's, so it's all, you know, it's, it's all pretty basic here. But a couple of thoughts... And that is this, don't, now this is Proverbs 32 verse 1, okay, Proverbs 32, which doesn't exist, I just made it up, okay, because there's only, there's only 31 chapters of Proverbs, I just make stuff up as I go, so this is Proverbs 32, 1, this is the thoughts of Chairman Saundy right now, the thoughts of Chairman Saundy is this, and this is some thoughts I, ha I, I have, don't sit around and wait for a green light. Move until you get a red light. See, so, so this is, that's all, that's all bad. But here's the thing. It's like, oh, you know, you're, you're there and you, you become a Christian and, and you're sitting there and you're, okay. Um, and it's like Ryan, for example. Ryan plays guitar. And he's sitting there going, God, what do you want me to do with my life? And... And, uh, you know, please, I'm just going to wait. I'm going to pray. And until, I'm not doing anything until you tell me, and then I'll do something. Well, no, no, Ryan. Ryan, Ryan's got an ability. Is that right? Ryan's got an ability from God to play the guitar. Listen, move in what God's given you. Move in the general will of God, using all the stuff that you've got, stepping out in faith, don't wait for a green light. Move, move until you get a red light or until you get a green arrow. And you go, oh, okay, you're just moving. And then, oh, there's another green arrow here. You're moving. You're making progress. You're not sitting around waiting. For God. No, no, no. God has spoken in the Word. Go, you know, the Bible says this, Mark 16, 15. Go into all the world and preach the gospel, the good news to all creation. That's the general will of God. That's the general will of God. So that's all good. And, and okay, so what do, you, what do you do with that? You go, oh, well, I'm just going to wait. And if the Lord tells me to share with my neighbor or, and, or invite my workmate to church, then I'll do it. No, no, no. God has already spoken. You just got to begin to move. And as you move, God, if you're moving, God can redirect you like that. And oh, no, sorry, this is the way. Oh, over here. It's awesome. So begin to move. Begin to move in the general world. So, so Mark 6, go into all the world. Now, classic case of moving into the will of God for your life is the Apostle Paul. And the Apostle Paul in the book of Acts, he's, he's going around, he's saying, you know what? God wants me to preach the gospel. That's great. 
So in, in Acts chapter 16 and verse 6, we're, we're in Paul's second missionary journey. And, and, and so Paul and his companions are moving. God hasn't specifically told them you need to go to a certain place. So how do you find what that is? Well, this is what, sorry, I'll interrupt by chucking in the scripture Matthew. This is, what, this is what Jesus said, ask, and what? Yeah, ask, you'll be given to you. Seek, knock, and the door will be opened. It's proactive. You got to, there it is there. So you've got to start asking, seeking, knocking, staying within the parameters of the general will of God. I need to get married. I think I'll go to a nightclub. No. No, you don't go to the night. You actually go to church and you pray and all that sort of stuff. And then along comes this fabulous person and praise God and all that other good stuff. Because you're doing the general will of God. So, so ask. So you're proactive. Seek. Knock. You're moving. And so back to Paul. Paul's on a second missionary journey. Look what it says here. Paul and his companions travel. They're traveling. Hey, guys, anybody here traveling? Anybody on a journey? Journey in the will of, into the will of God, and you're not going to get it right all the time. And a few doors will open and doors will close, but we're moving forward proactively in faith. We're unstuck. We're, we're, we're doing the general will of God. So he says, God's told me to preach the gospel. So he traveled through the region of Figa and Galatia, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. So the Holy Spirit, he says, look, there's a big city called Ephesus. It's got thousands and thousands of needy people. I'm going to go to Ephesus. And then the Holy Spirit said, no. Oh, okay, well, I'll go up to Bithynia. And he goes over there and it says here, they tried to enter Bithynia. I'm over here. I'm going to go to Bithynia, the spirit of Jesus. But, but God, you said go into all the world and preach the gospel. But what's he doing? He's knocking on this door. It's not opening, but he's moving. I'm going over to Bithynia. Oh, that's not moving. Oh, I'm moving over here. I'm going to Troas. Um, the way to Troas. And then as he's, as he's moving, that night, he has a dream. During the night, Paul had a vision, or a dream, or a vision, of a man from Macedonia standing and begging him, come over here to Macedonia and help us. After, so, so he didn't go, oh, I'm going to wait and pray for another six months. No, no, no. After Paul had seen the vision, we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. So I'm just going to move. Do you understand what I'm saying? I'm just moving in the general will of God. I'm moving in the general will of God. Oh, there's a door closed. I'm going to go over to Bithynia. No, no, that door's closed. What, what's going on? I'll go here. Ah, oh, I've got a vision. Now I'm going to go over to Macedonia. It's awesome. Here's the thing too. There's the will of God, but there's also the timing of God. Yeah, okay, so the will of God and the timing of God, they're often, they coexist together. Like Moses said, I feel God's calling me to set the children of Israel free from Egypt. So what does he do? He goes out the next day, kills a guy in his own reasoning, in his own timing, and he has to go for 40 years into the wilderness he got the will of God right, but he got the timing and the method, methodology wrong. And so too, with Paul, Paul wanted to go to Ephesus, but history tells us on his third missionary journey, he ended up in Ephesus for a couple of years preaching, and everybody in the province of Asia, which is a, a chunk of modern-day Turkey, heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. So it was always the will of God for Paul to go to Ephesus. It just wasn't the right timing. That came later. So guys, just begin to move, get unstuck, become proactive, move within the general will of God for your life. And it's, all, and it's awesome, it's easy. And we just sort of, sometimes you stumble through life, but that's okay because listen, we're on a journey. We're not always gonna get it right. The Bible says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. He delights in his way. Though he fall, he will not be cast down, for the Lord upholds him. Rejoice not against me, O my enemy. Though I fall, I will rise. Though I sit in darkness, the Lord will be a light to me. You're not always, hey guys, guys, look at me. You're not always going to get it right. You're not always going to get it right. 
but the man who never made a mistake never made anything. Guys, if you're like Paul, trying to get into Ephesus and it's not working, you don't go, oh, pick up your bat and ball and go turn around and go, that's it, I resign from Parliament. No, I better not say that. But uh, I'm going to resign. No, 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 no. What you do is this, okay, it didn't work. It didn't work. I'm going to stay on the journey on preaching the gospel and bringing the love of God to people. This door hasn't opened. Oh, oh, I hope it's not baseball because it's three strikes and you're out. But then he goes over here, and as he's moving, God meets him as he steps out. It's awesome, okay? Mate, I'm, I'm, these, they're a tough crowd out here at Rizal. I don't, know how, I don't know how Ward does it week after week. Man, it's awesome. Hey, guys, it is, it is absolutely fantastic. Um, so don't wait, wait for it. Now, how does God speak to us? Look. How does God speak to us? Wouldn't it be great to hear God, the voice of God all the time? Wouldn't it be good? But the only people, you know, there's a bunch of people who think God speaks to them all the time. They're all in East, East Wing at Manly Hospital right now, okay? God doesn't, God doesn't, God doesn't speak to us all the time. God, God gives us his word, and, but he gives us some other things as well that, that I, and I'll help you here in, in, in the specific will of God. How does God speak to us? Look, if you just turn back in the book of Acts, back to Acts chapter 8, and, and here's some ways that God will speak to you as you're moving and you're doing His will, okay? And there's other ways. See, God speaks through the Bible, but there's other ways that God speaks to us. We just saw Paul. Paul had a vision, okay? So God will speak to you through visions, through dreams, through, through, through miraculous things. God will, God will speak, and that's, that's incredible, and that's, that's a good thing. Although an angel will speak to you, like, like we're going to see the first example here, there's an angel speaking to a guy, and Pastor Phil was preaching at our Australian conference. We've got 110 churches all over Australia. It's awesome. He was saying, you know what? He's had three encounters with angels over 45 years of ministry. So it's pretty rare, but it does happen. Okay, and, and yeah, I think we'll be surprised that actually there'll be angelic visitations in our life. We don't actually don't recognize them sometimes, but they're there. Okay, but so I'm just going to give you an example here. We've got a story here of Philip, a guy called Philip who was an evangelist. He'd been in Samaria preaching at a million miles an hour. And God spoke to him. It says, now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, go south to the road. He's in a revival over here in Samaria. He's rocking the free world. And God, I want you to understand on a dusty corner. And he thinks, this is, you'd almost want to bind the devil, wouldn't you? You'd almost be saying, I rebuke you. Get no, no, he, 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 an angel speaks to him. So he goes, okay, and he's standing by the side of the road. And just continue on. It says here, uh, go to Acts 8.27. Okay, whatever. Okay, are we there? So he started out. And look, can I just say this? I'm just thinking about this as I go right now. He started out. And on his way. See, guys, proactive, obedient. I haven't got a clue. He's probably got zero faith. This is ridiculous. But you know what? I'm just going to obey God. He's starting out, and on his way, on the journey, he meets somebody. He meets this Ethiopian guy. We won't go into the detail. Okay, this man had been going to Jerusalem, and on his way home, he was sitting in his chariot, reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. So an angel has spoken to Philip. On the way, on the way, he just there's this big destiny moment, and it's awesome. And look what it says here. Verse 29, look what it says. The Spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. Has anybody here, you know, this is, the, this is how to get the specific will of God going. It's an angelic visitation, which is, which is rare, but all, praise God. But the Spirit begins to speak. There's, there's an inward witness. As you and I are following the general will of God, there's eight, Romans 8.14 says this, those who are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. There's an inner witness that you know, that you know, that you know, that you know. Isaiah 30.21 says this, whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. Isn't that, and, and so, so you know, and, and look, it, I know it's subjective and it's, it's risky. The Lord told me to do this. But, some, but you know what? It can be God. And usually it is God. 
we had a woman, we had a church for a while on the central coast, and there's a woman there, and she came, she said, you know what, I was single, and in January, this is many years before, God has spoken to her, she heard this witness in her spirit, God, God said to her, you know what, by the end of the year, you're going to be married with a baby. Watch out, girls, it could be dangerous in the service today. You better watch out. So anyway, although it's September, so we're... But anyway, but this is true, it's true. And so she goes, oh, and she goes, what does she do? She goes to the pastors of the church and says, oh, God's just spoken to me. I'm going to get married and have a baby by the end of the year. And they go, oh, awesome. If this is me, I'd be going, awesome. Hallelujah, let's just pray and whatever. Anyway, and so February, March... April goes by. No guy, no baby. No guy. May, June. That's it, we're done, aren't we? Because it's nine months, right? And the oldest, the pastor's going to say, look, you know, hey, God loves you. He thinks you're fantastic. Look, you didn't hear from God. She said, look, no, no, God spoke to me. No, no, it's, it's okay. Yeah, sure. God spoke to you. Yeah, yeah, whatever. August, September. Now, Kerry and I had prior to this, we'd been on a church on the Gold Coast, and there was a guy there. This guy, his, living on the Gold Coast, his wife died in childbirth. The baby was born, and he was a single dad. And in October, he turns up to church with a baby. They get together, get married by December, and the word of God came true. By the end of the year, you will be married with a baby. Can we give the Lord a big hand? That's, that's a true story. It's not Ward, it's Mark here. It's a true story. It's awesome. Remember that? Yeah. It's, it's, seriously, it's incredible, isn't it? So, so, and here we go. Eye has not seen, nor has he heard, nor has it entered in the heart of man what God has prepared for those who love him. But, then, but God has revealed it to us by his spirit, it says. So the Spirit of God, just be open to the Holy Ghost. So the Spirit of God said, go and stand near that chariot. And we see here that this Ethiopian dude was reading the Word of God. Verse 30 of of Acts chapter 8. Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you're reading? How can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me? Okay, so he invited Philip to come and sit with him. And verse 35, then Philip began with that very passage of Scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. And so we get the two other ways that God speaks to us. The Word of God, which I've shared with you at the beginning of the service, and people. People. Thank God for people. Thank God for his church. Because you know what? The word of God is objective. But sometimes our interpretation of it can be subjective. So we we read what we want to read out of it. I remember Pastor Phil was preaching a few years ago now, and he said this, you know, God speaks to us through the Bible, through prayer, and, and the witness of the Holy Spirit, and through people. He said, if I was to choose only one, I'd choose people. That's almost like heresy. What? He says, because here we go. When we're praying, we feel God directing us. It's very subjective to our emotions. But God still speaks to us, it's all good. Or, or we're reading the Bible and God, inter- we can interpret it the way we want to. Um, but when people speak into our worlds, people who love God and have a proven record of loving God and loving you, and they're objective and they're on the outside looking into your world, often they can speak a word of incredible wisdom into your world. And, and, and thank God for the Holy Spirit and thank God for angels and all that stuff and thank God for the Word of God, but the Ethiopian eunuch, he needed to have a man get up into the chariot with him and begin to explain the purpose and plan of God for his life to him and help him. Thank, I, just, I just want to thank God for, pe- for people. Proverbs fifteen twenty two. And there's a whole bunch of scriptures and proverbs about this, but Proverbs 15:22 says this: Plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors, they succeed. And so it's not a, it's just not a matter of letting any man and his dog speak into your world. 
But people who have got a proven track record of loving God and loving you, speaking into your life. And even this, in this case, they interpreted Scripture. This guy interpreted Scripture for this Ethiopian guy. You are very fortunate. You've got Pastor Ward, a great Bible teacher, and other team members who will be speaking in this pulpit, and they'll be opening the Word of God to you and explaining the Word of God. And as you take that and apply that to your world, you'll become unstuck. And you'll be able to move in the general will of God. You'll be able to be proactive in stepping out. You'll be a person who knocks and who asks and who seeks, and the door will be opened, and your prayers will be answered, and you will find what it is you're looking for as you ask, as you seek, and as you knock. And guys, there's so many more things I could say today, but I'm not going to. But I think what we need to do is just allow the Holy Spirit to speak to our lives today. And there's people here today, uh, probably a bunch of people, and you're just a little bit stuck and you're leading, needing a little bit of direction in your world. And so why don't, we just, why don't we just stand up right now? We're in the presence of God. God's here. And why don't we allow God to speak to us? Why don't we allow God to speak to us and, and give us some direction? So maybe the music team just could come up and just begin to minister. One of my favorite scriptures, one that I've been meditating on for 10 years or more, says this, draw near to me. I think it's James 4.8 or 4.12, whatever. Draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. So guys, why don't we just spend a couple of minutes this morning drawing near to God? Why don't, we open, why don't we lift our hands to God? Why don't we open our hearts to God, to the Holy Spirit this morning? And draw near to God, just right now. Father, I thank you, Lord, for each and every person in this wonderful church this morning, C3 Roselle. God, we draw near to you. God, as we're drawing near to you, Father, I pray you'll draw near to us. That Lord, like that scripture Isaiah, whether you're going to the left or right, you'll hear a voice saying, this is the way, walk in it. Guide us by your Holy Spirit. Guide us by the counsel of your Word. Guide us through God's people. Speaking into our world in Jesus' mighty and wonderful name. In the wonderful name of Jesus. Just put your hands down for a minute. Keep, just keep looking to God. Now, is there anybody here and you're saying, you know what, I just feel I'm maybe a bit stuck and I need to move forward. If that's you, just lift your hand, give me a wave. Give me a wave. That's all good. God's there for you guys. He's going to help you. God's going to help you this morning and into the future. It's awesome. What about other people? And you're saying, you know what, I need some direction for my world. Just raise your hand, give me a wave. I need some direction. You know what I'd like to do, guys? I've just got a couple of minutes this morning. We're gonna, I just want to open up this altar and maybe the worship team, we can sing something appropriate. And as we do that, why don't you come forward? I'd love to pray with you this morning and ask God to help you get unstuck, get that direction that you need, hear from God and move into the great, beautiful purpose and plan of God for your life so you can be all that God's called you to be. Come on, let's give Jesus a hand. You can do all that He's called you to do. So why don't you just begin to... Minister right now. Just come forward right now. We're just going to pray together. It's all good. We're all friends here. We're all family. Just lift your hands to God. Reach out to God. Thank you, Lord. You are good. You're good. You are good. Good. God's good. Why don't we just lift our hands right now? Look to God. Why don't we just repeat this after me? I'm going to come and pray, and we'll get some of the team to pray as well. Just repeat this after everybody. Repeat this, Lord Jesus. Help me. Help me to move into Your will. Help me to be unstuck. Give me direction in my life 
In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. I'm just going to pray in just a moment right now. So why don't we do that? Thank you, Jesus. We're going to continue to worship God. Press into God, guys. Continue to worship. Two minutes and we'll be done. God. Let's thank God this morning. What an amazing morning. Let's give the Lord a massive hand. Thank you, Jesus. Can we thank Pastor Mark for that awesome word? So good. Thank you, Pastor Mark. Always amazing to have have you with us. Um, God bless you guys. Have a great week. We'll see you out in the cafe. Uh, Next step, 11.30 in the office with the vodka. The Babka, Babka, sorry, in the, in, the, in the office. God bless. Have a great week.
Through the night of doubt and sorrow, onward goes the pilgrim band, singing songs of expectation, marching on towards the promised land. One voice on lips of thousands, one the faith 
that never tires one light of God's own presence lighting up the path in which we Soon shall dawn a great awakening. Now pass as morning comes, chasing far 